The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Micah Patra. Here to guys break down this wonderful Sunday, June 20th card. We got two games to talk about today. And it's a it's a tale of two different coins right here. We have we have a game seven and we have a game one. So the start of a new series, the finale of what's been a great series, last game. Talk about that uh, the Hawks and the Sixers. Last game coming down to the wire in the final minutes. Hopefully we get another one like that. That would be pretty exciting. Love to see those tight game sevens. Always up for debate, though. Before we jump into anything, quick shout out to our presenting sponsor over at my bookie. If you guys haven't checked them out, go check them out. Head over there. Use that promo code HOOPBALL on your initial deposit. When you first sign up, little promo code box at the bottom. Put in HOOPBALL in there. That will match your deposit 50% on up to $1,000. So whatever you decide to deposit, whether it's 100 whether it's $1,000, they will match it 50%. Free money for you to play with. You can use it over there on some Game 7 action or maybe some MLB action. You can parlay both together or you can even head over to their fully-fledged casino platform where they got table games, slot machines, you name it. Over at MyBookie, promo code HOOPBALL. Right, guys, we got we got a pretty interesting, uh, pretty like I said at the top of the card, pretty interesting docket. One I I love these situations where it's just a bunch of mismatch rambleness. We have guys that are going to be playing forty plus minutes. We have guys stepping up for guys that are out for uh, you know we'll get to it protocol reasons, and it's just going to be the right combination. Now there's going to be a lot of great options, a lot of great expensive options that we could choose from. And with that being said, it's just gonna, for me it's going to come down to lineup construction. Now, none of these expensive, great options are necessarily bad plays. There's obviously going to be some that are going to be better than others. But they're all in rock-solid spots based on usage, based on minute standpoint, based on a game scenario standpoint. So with all that being said, I'll stop rambling. We'll jump into the first one. L.A. Clippers traveling to Phoenix, taking on the Suns. This game's taking place 3.30 Eastern Standard Time. For the injury report, the Suns' Abdul Nader. Ruled out. And the big news, Chris Paul, health and safety protocols, he is out as well. Still no timetable as far as when Paul will make his debut in this series. Uh, But for the game one, he is ruled out. This game is coming in as a 221.5 game total. We have the Suns, despite missing Chris Paul, favored by four. So immediately looking into the situation, there's going to be some some definite chalk right off the rip, right? Uh, Campaign. You know, this guy's been playing great all season long as as he was pretty much a cast off, uh, you know, drafted by OKC, uh, I believe out of Murray State. I believe it was out of Murray State, actually, uh, along with Ja, but years, years and years prior and never really found a home run, never really found a role. And he's just kind of thriving under Chris Paul this season, kind of just learning under his wing and just being a sponge. So this guy's probably going to step up. I would I would expect him to start. That doesn't mean that he's going to be playing all of his minutes at point guard. We'll probably see some point Booker. A lot during this game as well, and we'll get to him. And wow, he's a fantastic play as well. But just kind of looking at the numbers this season with Chris Paul off the court, campaigns getting a usage bump about 19.7%, averaging a little over uh, one DK point per minute. So at his price tag, 4K, if he's playing even 20 to 25 minutes, 
30 minutes plus, which is what I'm probably expecting somewhere between that 28 and 32 minute mark. He's a rock solid stone cold chalk play. So he's the free square. You just take that one, run with it, feel great about it. If he, if he misses, whatever, uh, I, I highly doubt that, but he'll probably be 80% owned. So a lot of other people will be missing on that as well. Devin Booker, as I talked about, he's coming in as one of the cheaper stud options that we can spend on, uh, you know, immediately knowing that he's going to get a bump without Chris Paul. He's going to get some sort of ball handling role increase. He's getting a 1.7 usage rate bump this season without Chris Paul, and he ends up averaging about 0.13 DK points per minute more. So definitely a little bump, nothing too crazy. But at 8,900, he's coming in significantly cheaper than guys like Trey Young, Paul George, Joel Embiid, some of these other guys that we want to spend up on. So he ends up, he's probably going to end up sneaking into a lot more, a lot of more people's builds that way. I'm not, again, I'm not saying he's a bad play by any means. I think he's a fantastic play. Um, I don't think he's going to fit my build just because I know that I have some shooting guards that we're going to get to that I want to play. One on the other side of the ball as well. So just looking at the pure stand, uh, you know, standpoint of construction, I have a lot of these Suns guys. I'm still interested. I can still get two to three Suns players that I know are going to capitalize on that increased usage with Chris Paul off the floor and then pay up in these other spots where I don't like the ancillary pieces as much or maybe some of the ancillary pieces got price bumps. So for that reason, he's probably not going to make my initial build, but he's still an absolutely fantastic play. I don't think I'd be going to... You know, anybody like Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson might be like a nice little GPP dart throw. He might see a couple extra minutes with Chris Paul off, just if they go point Booker, slide everybody down. And, you know, we have also seen Cam Johnson, I think, during stretches of the regular season, uh, get a little bit of a bump in minutes with no Chris Paul. But I'll be looking at a little bit of Jay Crowder as well. I've been playing Jay Crowder all throughout playoffs. Still at a very fair price tag. Still very affordable for us over here on DK. And again, whenever he there's a big wing, we've seen it. Jay Crowder steps up. He plays minutes. He ends up taking the assignment defensively. And in, when minutes equal money, when he's playing 30-plus minutes, he's been a guy that's been able to return at least 25 DK points. And at 5K, I'm fine with that. Sign me up. So those are the main guys I'll probably be looking at. It'll be campaign, Jay Crowder, it's those ancillary pieces. If you want to play DeAndre Ayton, it's a great matchup. But we've seen time and time again towards the end of that last Clipper series, they're fine with playing small ball. And it looks like it might be their best lineup. So... This might end up being one of those tough ones if DeAndre Ayton can't have his footwork and move out to, you know, chase these guys out to the three-point line. And I also think he might just find himself in a little bit of trouble without his without his captain, Chris Paul, out there. Uh, Chris Paul has been a very influential guy for DeAndre Ayton this season, really pumps him up, really has kind of disciplined him and, you know, turned him into a better player. And Ayton said he's been incredibly thankful for it, and it's all been a learning learning experience for him, so... This is going to be a different scenario for these guys in playoffs without Chris Paul. That's one thing that kind of like worries me. I'm 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 just worried about this team's entire rhythm in general. While we have you know this Clippers team just coming off of an absolutely, I I can't think of a bigger momentum boost. So it's two different scenarios coming into this situation, and that's why you know looking at this spread, I'm never you almost want to take the opposite when I'm saying you know what's going on with the game. Uh, as far as a line and, and betting an over and under or something like that. But I, I think I like the Clippers with this spread right here. Uh, give me the money line. Uh, I think that they're going to win this game on the court. I don't think they're, they're going to necessarily win the series. Uh, but just from the momentum tide switches and shifts, for all those reasons, I'm kind of just going with a little bit of lighter on some of these Suns guys, going with some of the ancillary Suns guys. And if they do have to go small, keep in mind, they have a couple guys that they could play at the five, but they probably end up running like a guy like Saric, uh, maybe Kaminsky. So if you're looking for for some dart throw guys and just your GPPs, nothing I'm crazy confident in, but those would be some guys I would probably target in that case. 
but we'll sh- sh- shift slide. Couldn't couldn't decide which way. I don't think my brain could make a decision right there and which way I wanted to go. Uh, but we'll slide over to the Clippers side of the ball. A little bit of interest in over here. Like I said at the top, uh, I do like me some Paul George. Uh, this this guy's going to have to step up. He's going to have to be the best player of his career. Kind of put that playoff P stuff behind him and just really just carry this team to the, the Western Conference Finals. So there's there's not much more we could say about Paul George. But the dude's been playing great. I'm going to continue to play him at 10-3. He's one of those high-priced studs. I absolutely love him on this slate. I just think that he's going to be a menace to society during this playoff series. And I think a lot of the offense is going to have to run through him. I think they go a little less Patrick Beverly forward. Uh, as they did in that last series without Chris Paul on the floor. I think that maybe they just let Paul George run the offense. Terrence Mann blew up in that last game, and kudos to him. Uh, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Terrence Mann's always been a great player. I don't think anybody's doubted that. Uh, I think for DFS purposes, we love it when he plays minutes because he's generally fairly priced. So we know we're getting a guy that has a pretty decent point-per-minute upside and fairly low salary. I don't expect him to go out there and shoot, what was it, I think 15 to 21 again. Um, he blew up, and I expect him to get some fair ownership, and I'm going to have some ownership out of him. He's still a good price tag at 4900 I think he just bought himself some more minutes for sure. I think he's going to be a staple part of this rotation for the rest of the playoff series because he just stepped up when they needed him, and he's never been, uh, you know, I would say bad. He's actually been one of their better three-point shooters on the season. So expect to see a lot of man going forward now. I still expect a lot of that usage to kind of go back to Paul George's way. That's what I'm getting at. More of the shot attempts, probably to go back at Paul George's way. When the guy's shooting that high, obviously he steps up and played great for him. Continue to feed him. But I, I expect Paul George in this game one to really take advantage of this. So leaning Paul George is one of my high-priced guys. There we go. Got that all out. And then the same in the same breath, I was able to say that, yes, Terrence Mann is still a very excellent play at 4,900. Shooting guard only eligible, but that's fine. Uh, like I said, he's one of those shooting guards where you can play him, play Paul George. There'll be one other guy I get to in a little bit where necessarily I don't need to play Booker. Although we do have we do have two guard spots. Don't uh, don't let that fool you. But uh, any guys else on the Clippers? Obviously the usage I like it. It's going to get spread around everywhere. I would look at guys like you know Nick Batum, a little bit of a price bump, but he's still very affordable. Also get you that uh, small forward eligibility when you need it. And power forward eligibility, 5,700. Marcus Morris Sr., 55. I prefer Batum over him for only $200 more. But Marcus Morris is always known for a good little bounce back game. And there's a little animosity between him and, and Phoenix. Never liked their organization. It's playing at their home team. Uh, they split the brothers up was the original thing. They said that they wouldn't do that, and they did. So there's always been that's always been like a little narrative with the Morris brothers when they go to Phoenix. They just don't like them. I think Goran Dragic is another guy that when he goes to Phoenix just doesn't like them. Some for some reason. Uh, these narratives, they sometimes cash in. So Marcus Morris, if you're a narrative guy and if you're just looking at raw numbers and just what they've, what's been going on and watching these games with your eyes, you'd probably go more Batum. Uh, that's probably it. So it would be just uh, just the four major starters, I guess we could say. Batum, Morris, Mann, George. Those are the guys that got written down. Those are the guys starred. Probably won't go too far outside behind that. And if you needed the dart throw type of guy, I'd be looking at Zubats at 3,500. He was basically rendered ineffective in that Utah matchup. But it's a different series going against DeAndre Ayton. If they decide to kind of go away from that small ball a little bit, we're going to have to wait and see on the starting lineup. He's only coming in at 3,500. He's a great point per minute guy. But uh, we just you got to hope for more one of those, you know, 14 to 20 minute games rather than the six to eight that we saw in the closing of the Utah. Move on to the next game. 
we have Game 7. Atlanta Hawks traveling to Philly for Game 7 on Philly's home court. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. It's our night game. A lot of things that we're going to be keeping an eye on and waiting to hear, especially for this Hawks team because we have Bogdan Bogdanovich is questionable, right? Knee soreness, kind of left that game pretty early uh, in the last one, did not return, and you could tell it was bothering him. Uh, I think he would want to get back in there if he could have. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that. If he does play, he's most likely going to be limited. I don't know how effective he will be, so he's not going to be a guy that we're going to be talking about as far as options, but uh, his availability and his status we'll talk about some or boost some other guys that we'll talk about. But Brandon Goodwin, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, all ruled out. Trey Young is probable that soreness saw him sporting that ice sleeve all over his shoulder in between quarters again. So keep an eye on that. He should be fine. Didn't look like it bothered him too much because he still shot the lights out of the gym, hit a couple 35-footers. Joel Embiid is questionable. As we know, he's been questionable every day. He looks like he's most likely going to play. Uh, there's been those times where you see Embiid, if you're watching these games, laying on the court for an extra couple seconds. And I think it's just a big man trying to take the time to get, get every second that he could. Uh, he, it's definitely painful. You'll see him wince. You'll see him kind of, you know, pause for a second. But uh, the dude's a gamer, and he's sh- showing that, you know, early on in his career. And I think probably up until this point, Embiid's always taking some flack as far as health and whether this guy could stay healthy, whether he could play games. And this, and he's kind of showing, like, he knows this is a window for him. This is a window for a lot of teams to take advantage of in this series, in this playoffs. And this dude's probably going to come out here and ball. So. Uh, Danny Green also out with that right calf strain, missed the past game. Uh, we can probably expect him to miss at least this game, and I would assume a couple more going into the next series if they get there. As far as a game total, we have 220, I'm sorry, 218. Reading the wrong one, 218. Philly favored by six and a half points. So definitely uh, probably taking that Bogdanovich news into account. I don't believe the last spread was six and a half points, but it's also the home court advantage factor. And we know Philly's court. It can uh, it can be menacing. It could definitely be a little menacing. But we'll start off with the away team. Start off with the Hawks. Game seven. Top of the key. Got to talk about Trey Young. Uh, again, I kind of put him in that Devin, that Devin Booker category for me where he is an absolutely fantastic play. I love playing this guy. Uh, I will have shares of him. Now, where it comes to me is him and Paul George, very close in price. Which one would I rather play? It's going to come down to your build. So for me, when I'm not playing as much Terrence Mann and I'm kind of trying to get away from that chalk a little bit more, uh, I'm going to lean more Paul George. And I also love Kevin Werder. So th- those that combination of those four guys, I'm just mixing and matching. So if I'm playing Paul George, I'll probably have a little bit more Kevin Werder. If I'm playing a little bit more Trey Young, I'll have a little more Terrence Mann. I might even throw in a couple lineups or a lineup or two where I have both these guys and maybe I don't spend up on the big man that we'll be getting to in a moment. But it's going to be tough to spend up and get three studs in your lineup and feel overall confident about it, even if you're using the campaign, you know, chalk. A lot of these uh, Clippers chalk got priced up. You know, we can't just go throwing out Clippers chalk in there for three, nine, four, two. That's not there anymore. Terrence Mann's priced up. Batum's priced up. Marcus Morris priced up. So. If we get the news that Zubats is starting, now that's a different uh, story, and that will probably change my entire game scripts and everything I got going. So uh, it would be a blessing. It would be a curse if it does happen. I'm not going to say I don't want it to happen. I like, I kind of like my lineups going into it right now. Uh, but that's kind of how I'm scripting out this slate right here, just so a, a little peek behind the curtain and kind of get you the uh, feel. And I guess whatever way you like, 
go with. I mean, like I said, all these studs are great plays. There's no right or wrong answer. Uh, this is the way I'm scripting it, and I kind of told you how I was feeling about that first game, uh, yeah, game one, and I think that's kind of going to dictate the slate, is that game one and how you approach it and how you play it. Because we know in game sevens what's going to happen is these guys are going to play a boatload of minutes. Uh, another reason I like Kevin Werder, played 44 minutes. If Bogdanovich is rolled out, you could probably make that 48. Uh, they are very light on wings. They need this dude to play a ton of minutes, bottom line. So Kevin Werder, he was shooting great, uh, great off-ball handler. We saw him playing a lot of point guard as well for them. So give me some Werder at 5,200. Give me some Trey if you if you have the money for it. I'm not going to say don't play him. Probably won't be going to too much Collins or uh, over there. In fact, I'll probably just shift over to Gallinari. He's one of my other favorite plays on this team at 4,700. Again, Bogdanovich, if he is ruled out, if he's limited, uh, we should see some more usage, some more, some more focal point in that second unit for a guy like Gallinari at 4,700. All day, I'm fine with that. And that's probably all I'm looking at. I don't think Capel is a bad play at 6,400. We've kind of just seen him limited, and I, I want to spend up on Embiid. We'll get to it, I guess. Uh, I didn't want to just you know go out there and, and say it, but that's just the bottom line. I think Embiid's an absolutely fantastic play just based on center availability and positions. Uh, he's he's clear-cut the best center on the slate, whether he's 4 or 5K above the next guy or not. Uh, he's just a clear-cut the best guy on the best slate. And it's a game seven. Yes, he's dealing with the toward meniscus, but when he's playing the minutes, he's not slowed down. And if Embiid has to play 40-plus, I think he's going to. And we just saw last game only 41.8 DK points, but keep in mind, a lot of the focal point of this uh, of this Sixers offense was in foul trouble early on. Like They didn't have Ben Simmons on the court for pretty much half the game. Uh, they didn't have Tobias Harris for stretches, long stretches. So, you know, when you, when you know where the offense is going to go, it's pretty easy just to clamp down on Embiid and clog up the pain if they could. And that's what we were kind of seeing. He was getting things were getting a little chippy in there as well, but those are the main guys I'm looking at at the Hawks. I'm not going to say that you know some of these other guys are terrible plays. I think Solomon Hill, if you need to dumpster dive, he'll be another guy that will probably play a few extra minutes if there is no Bogdanovich. He's been one of their better defenders. We, he's I believe no, it's John Collins that was getting chippy uh, with Embiid, but Solomon Hill coming in at minimum salary, three K, only played eight minutes uh, in that last one, but the uh, two previous games he was in the teens. Not a great point per minute, guys. So don't expect them to light the world on fire. But again, if if you need it, it's there. Uh, one of the minimum salary guys you can, can consider. On the other side of the ball, looking at the Sixers, Joel Embiid coming in at the top, almost at 11K, 10,900. I talked about it. Uh, I have him in my original lineup right now in my single entries and stuff like that. I just love to play 10-9. I think it's just it's always been a fantastic matchup for him. He's going to have to play big minutes. It's a game seven. Whether he's hurt or not, I mean, it's maybe that's what scares people off of him, that he's the highest-priced guy. Maybe that, you know, there are a couple other center options that are so much cheaper than him that, you know, maybe you could see him outscoring him. I don't see it happening. I see Joel Embiid putting up 60 here uh, and just hopefully getting this uh, this Philly team to the next round. I mean, I'm not going to say hopefully. I'd like to see the Hawks there as well, too. I got no blood in this, uh, in this game. But for the sake of my DFS lineup, because I know I'm probably going to end up having more Embiid than I do Trey Young. We'll just see how that works out for me, though. Outside of him, I think Tobias Harris, uh, you know, again, was in foul trouble in the last one. They're going to need his offense in this one, too. So I, I'm expecting Tobias Harris to have a better game. I'd be looking at 40-plus from Tobias. I think he's an excellent play, too, as well. 7,900, it just comes down to construction, and I haven't had money to afford him. Uh, if I wanted to play, you know, Paul George and, like I said, Joel Embiid and still feel confident about all my other mid-tier guys, it's tough to get another $7,900 guy in there. You're, you're going to end up having to go under 4K somewhere and take it a chance. So 
depending on what happens and what we hear with the news. As of right now, it's kind of hard for me to get Harris or Ben Simmons in there. And we saw it in that last game and we saw it throughout the series. They're willing to just take Ben Simmons out of this game and put him in the line when they put him at the line. Uh, you know, Doc Rivers is just not going to deal with missed free throws late in the game. He'll, he'll switch him in there as soon as he needs him on defense, but he's willing to pull him as soon as he needs to. As soon as they're getting on offense and they know they're going to get that foul call or get a foul drawn on them. Uh, they're pulling the guys that can't shoot free throws. That's why we saw Maxi play uh, so many minutes in that last one. It was because we saw Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons both in foul trouble, and it was also because Ben Simmons couldn't shoot a free throw down the stretch. And at that point, there was such a good rhythm with Maxi on the court, and he was playing so well running the offense that they just left him in extra minutes. So a guy that I think a lot of people will go to is Maxi. Uh, I don't feel overly confident in him, I would say, on this slate. I might actually say if you're playing GPPs to fade that chalk, simply because it was a lot of it was probably due to foul trouble. Now, he's still going to have a role. I still think he's going to be a great play and all that good stuff. But based on where I think the ownership is going to go and for that reason, that's that's the reason I'm fading him. He's only 3,700. He played 29 minutes in that last one. So you assume a lot of people are going to go right back to that. They're just game log watching. But the previous games in this series, the most he played was 14 minutes in the game, and he only broke eight DK points once. And that that's what he got. He got eight DK points. So... Uh, you know, these guys stay out of foul trouble. He's he was probably playing like closer to that six to eight minute mark. So I'm going to fade that. I'm going to let other people go there. I'm all set with it. I'm probably just going to keep it at the top with the big dog, Joel Embiid. And when I could, uh, if I need to, you know, get down to that Ferk non Korkmaz range, I don't mind him as a value. But uh, even him, he's kind of getting a little bit more priced up at this point. He's 4,200. So he's not the immediate great value. He's still been producing around that 18 to 20 minute mark. So if you need somebody down there, I think he's a solid play. He's also got that guard and forward eligibility. So he'll be able to help us out in multiple different ways. But that's probably it. I'll probably just go with some Korkmaz. I'll probably just go with some Joel Embiid and call it a day over here. I, think, you know, I don't think we need to get too too cute with the uh, with these guys in Game 7. We know where the offense is going to go. If you have the money to spend up on the other guys, so be it. Uh, I just don't see myself having it. But if you have it, go for it. I'm not going to fault you there. And that's it. That's a two-game slate. That's kind of how I'm breaking it down. That's how my approach on it. That's my game script. Uh, not too often, about 22-minute podcast. So was able to pack it, I think, with some with some good knowledge, hopefully. Hopefully I can help, uh, help some people out. Normally they're about 15, 16 when it's a one or two gamer and you're going solo. But if you guys have a moment and you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Then give us a follow, thumbs up, subscribe, wherever you're listening, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We really appreciate it, guys. It means the world to us. And I just want to give big kudos, big shout-out to the entire team over here at Hoopball and at DFS today. These guys have been just carrying me over the past few weeks. I uh, mentioned a big moving process. It's it's getting down to the line. About two weeks Two weeks is when we're looking at leaving. So things have been, uh, they've been getting tight, and I have not had the time to even think. And these guys have just had my back unconditionally. Uh, stepping up, taking pods for me, answering questions for me, uh, especially Santino, my right-hand man. Got to give a lot of kudos to him. Uh, but it's everybody here. It's it's one big oiled machine, and it goes to the top, to all the guys like Brewski and Dan over there at the tip of the top, uh, to everybody over here on the DFS team. Couldn't thank you guys enough. And to everybody else that's been listening, for being understandable, you know, uh, for maybe if you're looking, tuning on, and you're like, oh, where's Mike? Uh that's what's going on. Life's uh, life's in shambles right now. Moving to a different state. So, a lot going on. But good stuff. Good stuff. And I just want to give the credit where it's due. It's my good buddies over here. And I appreciate everybody's help. So, we'll be back tomorrow. I'll be on. 
I guess, tonight when we're recording this. So you'll be hearing this voice again. Maybe I'll give kudos again because these guys deserve it so much. But from everybody over here at Hoopball, let's go out there and take down a wonderful game one and seven. As weird as that is. Let's go.